are listening to Girls Just Wanna with your favorite girls, Katie and Aurelia. This week's guest is Robin Lukens, sous chef and kitchen manager at Gold Leaf Savory and Sweet. Hi, Katie. Hi. I didn't tell Robin, and maybe I should have. I hope she listens to uh, this episode <laughs> that she's on. Um, but that iced tea from Gold Leaf, oh my God, I miss it every day. I miss it every day here. They have a mojito iced tea, and it's like it was the love of my life in India. It got me through the months of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Katie, even before she knew that I knew Robin, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. raved about the iced tea, which I don't, I mean, iced tea, like flavor iced tea, can be like tricky, I think, to get right. So I think Not it says a, a lot. But it's, it's really, delicious. It's really good. It's really good. So, Katie, uh, you <laughs> yes. and I have a shared love for <laughs> trashy reality television, and yep. HBO Max uh, is has not, bringing it. They haven't let us down, have they? No, never. Never, never. They have a new show called <laughs> F Boy Island, which is maybe <laughs> the worst name for a TV show I've ever heard. Yeah, um, and I, I wish, like, they would – it is on HBO, so I wish they would just say fuckboy. Like, I understand that you can't title they, it that. Yeah, that must be it. But, like, they say fboy a lot in the show. Like, over and over and over they say fboy. But then when people are talking, they'll just say fuck all the time. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? It's Yeah, I agree. It's a minor thing, but it does impact my viewing of the show. Um, If you haven't seen the show, here's what it is. There are three women who go to an island. There's like 30 guys there to date them, fall in love, a la Bachelor in Paradise. Um, But half of the guys are F-boys, a.k.a. like, you know, players, womanizers. Yeah, jerks. Mm Mm-hmm. General jerks. And the other half are nice guys, and it's – so it's like kind of like they're trying to figure out, you know, who who's an F boy, who's a nice guy, and at the same time trying to find someone that they would like to be in a relationship with. And it is the funniest thing that I have seen on television in quite some time. Like truly laugh out loud <laughs> funny. It's like it like leans into the campiness of reality yes, TV, yes. I feel like. And I really like that about it. Because it's not like it's not good no um (laughs) which is what makes it good um but the casting I think was really really great the Mm -hmm. I have to say that the f boys are my favorite um I think one of the first ones that this is a spoiler but you know spoiler Spoiler. um one of the first people that gets kicked off is Peter and he was like my favorite I was sad (laughs) But he's an F boy. And then they go to Limbro. Yeah. yeah, they go that was like my favorite uh favorite twist is that when they get eliminated, they don't actually leave. They leave the competition, but then they're housed. And if you're a nice guy, you get to go to this like beautiful mansion. Uh which is so funny. And then if you are an F boy, you have to go to like the shack on the beach and <laughs> live out your days on a cot and 
it's so funny when they do those scenes because they at that point have nothing to do with like the purpose of the show it's just pure camp and i love it it's so good and another spoiler you do find out Mm -hmm. who is an f boy and who is a nice guy when they get eliminated and it is like fun to guess but like there's a few where it's like so obvious i know like they can't even like hide it (laughs) Just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, another... I feel like. Oh, I was just gonna say, I like watching this show. I'm like, oh, it's so easy to tell who's a nice guy and who's an f boy. But then I'm like, can I tell when I'm dating? And I, I feel like sometimes though, I like to go for people who are somehow both. And <laughs> maybe just you're, a lot you're of, like, talking gem- about your Gemini's current. You're just talking about your current boyfriend, right? <laughs> Just kidding, Joe. Just kidding. You're a nice nice. guy. But Joe can be, like, very blunt. So I know there are people out there who, like, don't care for – he's not their cup of tea. And that's okay. Sure. They're not my cup of tea, et cetera, et cetera. But um, what were you going to say? I was going to say I feel like I dated my fair share of F-boys in the past. Can, can, And um, there were some things that, like – the girls were pointing out, like, how the F-boys, like, really lay it on thick. Like, we mm-hmm. can do this. And, like, let's go do this. And, like, I can't wait. And then they, like, ghost you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. That's happened to me so many times. <laughs> um, this show is a great – it's a great way to reflect. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it really, really makes like, think. I, I think that um, – I didn't realize, like, that there really are so many people out there that have this, like, mentality. Um, yeah. So it's sort of, like, an interesting psychological thing, too. Like, getting a peek behind the curtain. The F-boy curtain, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <laughs> speaking of HBO shows. And psychological. <laughs> wait, what did I say? You said, psycho- like, it's oh. a psychological thing. I feel like this next show that we're about to talk about is also, there's, like, a weird psychological thing to it because I'm constantly trying to figure out like what what's going what's on going in on. people's minds what is going on <laughs> in this show so the next show is also an HBO Max show and it's brand new like mm-hmm. F-Boy Island uh, it's called yep. The White Lotus and yeah. it's it's interesting it's sort of like a oop, a mix between uh, comedy and drama mm-hmm. but it's 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 like um it's almost like a farce but like more serious mm. um mm-hmm. i think a lot of the characters are kind of i don't want to say stereotypical but there's like a bratty teenager and like the busy mom mm-hmm. like um It's a bunch of rich white people staying at a resort in Hawaii. And you find out in the very first, the very first scene, like within five, the first five lines of the show that somebody dies. Right. And then it goes back a week earlier. And so this whole time you're like, okay, somebody dies, but you don't know who. And just there is chaos. And these people, no one on the show is a good person. They all kind of suck. But it's it's just very interesting. Well cast. Steve Zahn is in it. Connie Britton's in it. 
what's her face? Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, she is, is so good. She's like at she's peak amazing in this. Like she's I'm yes. so pleased. Her um, character's my favorite to watch for sure. But yeah, you definitely have to go into it realizing that like you're not really gonna like anybody. Like that's yeah. like sort of the purpose of the show. I think Those it was like really intentional. Tough. For yeah. me, I usually don't care. Like, that was a big issue I had with Breaking Bad. I was like, I don't like anyone, and that's – that is hard. Um, But for some reason, this – I think because I know it's, like – it's all happening within, like, a week of time. Like, I know that there's a, a limit to it, maybe, and I also am really wanting to find out who dies, so it's – I'm able to watch it. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a couple episodes to catch up on, but I'm excited to chat further once I'm all the way through it. Oh. Definitely recommend. Let, I just, <laughs> this next episode that you're about to watch, Crazy. oh my gosh. I can't it, wait. I can't. <laughs> I, I will say this, when this next episode that you're about to watch, when it ended, Joe and I looked at each other like this. <laughs> Everyone should know my mouth was open and my eyes were very wide in (laughs) shock and (laughs) uncomfortableness. Um, Love it. Yes. Anyway, so that's that's what we've been watching. On to our dot, dot, dot. Uh, We had a really great interview with Robin. And, uh, you know, it seemed to be a common theme throughout a lot of jobs that she got, that it was, like, through friends or acquaintances, people that she knew. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think that's, like, a really interesting thing, working with friends. I, yeah, an interesting dynamic. Yeah, for sure. I actually had a really positive experience with this. Um, I, the place that I worked before I moved to, in, I'm sorry, <laughs> before I moved to Denver from Indy, mm-hmm. um, a few people that were in my sorority worked there and it was people that I knew and was like friendly with, but we weren't super, super close. Mm-hmm. Um, but working there definitely made us a lot closer and we're really close friends still. Um, and a lot of that job was very like team oriented. So yeah. it kind of worked that we were friends. Cause like, We all got along and it was like easier to support each other. Um, And one of our uh, special guests, Joe Wagner, uh, he also worked with me. Um, I I wonder if he would have different (laughs) thoughts because when he worked with his friends, they forced him to go get them lemonade. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Mm, Play the tape. (laughs) Just kidding. We don't have a producer for that. Um. (laughs) If you're interested, let us know. You guys did fun stuff all the time, though. Like, well, now you're not there, but they did their little, like, Christmas calendars, like Christmas countdown calendars. and We, we also all sorts of fun stuff. Um, did mas- a masked singer, like, fantasy league mm-hmm. because of Joe. <laughs> and that was fun, too. <laughs> um, so I didn't mind it. Do you have any experiences working with friends? Um, I have never... For the most part, I don't go into jobs already having a friend there. Like, because we're talking about, we're not talking about like, oh, you become friends with coworkers. We're talking about like your friends separately and then you start mm-hmm. working together. Yeah. Um, I did work with our friend Shannon um, at the election board last year. She got me that job. 
And that was fun because we actually didn't work together until after the election when things were like really slow. So most of the time we just got to chit chat um, while like doing some like menial computer stuff. Uh, So that was really fun. I enjoyed chit chatting. Um, In high school, I was a lifeguard for like, well, actually I I was a lifeguard in high school and in college at the same place up the street from uh, my parents' house every summer. And I guess this was when I was in college, my sister, Maddie, shout out Maddie, um, also started to lifeguard there. And so we would like purposely schedule our shifts together because we would drive there together and it was just easier for our family if we were both at work at the same time. Um, So we would work together a lot. And one day we realized that someone like asked us if we were friends (laughs) they were like are you guys friends and we were like we're sisters and they were like what and we're like yeah we're we're sisters and they were like you don't look alike at all which people have said thank you we have very similar mannerisms um but people tell us that we don't look alike when we went to spain and we told people we were sisters. The Spanish grandmas told us that we were lying. Um, I think it's just like our hair color is different. And our she's like a lot more tan than I am constantly. Um, but anyway, yeah. So people, we found out that basically a lot of people, we just assumed everyone knew that we were sisters when we were lifeguarding. And we found out that they did not. And so they just thought that we were like weird best friends who (laughs) drove together every day, (laughs) left together every day. Like we would always follow each other on our rotations throughout the places in the pool. (laughs) Like they just thought we were like the best of friends. And we're like, oh, we're just sisters. And so this is like, this is what we do. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's cool. I never worked for with either of my siblings. Um, mm-hmm. But I did work with uh, a really good friend of mine. We actually decided to start a podcast together. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, right? Um, speaking of the podcast, I think this is a perfect segue to move into our interview with Robin Lukens. So please enjoy. Hi, everyone, and a special welcome to our guest this week, Robin Lukens. She is the sous chef and kitchen manager at Gold Leaf. Uh, or is the name longer? Is it just Gold Leaf, or do you say like Gold Leaf? Favorite. Okay, that's what came yeah. up in my head, and then I was like, maybe that's just a tagline. Um, <laughs> you know, name. this classic restaurant taglines that exist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, Gold Leaf Savory and Sweet is located in Indy, and it's oh so yummy. The yummiest drinks, the yummiest pastry, pastries, the yummiest wasabi grilled cheese sandwich. Um, <laughs> they have it all, and we have Robin here with us today. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. Um, and Robin has quite the resume. She sent it to Katie and I, and... She's really had so many different jobs in the culinary industry, so we're really excited to dive into that. 
Um, we do have a little game to get started. So uh, on your resume, we noticed that you said that you do menu planning. So clearly that's like pairing things together, deciding what's going to taste good. So Katie and I came up with a list mm -hmm. of flavors and you can um, tell us like just what comes to the top of your mind, like that would be good with that thing. Okay. So mm -hmm. the Perhaps first thing if you were putting them in a pastry together, if, if you <laughs> <laughs> So the first, okay. <laughs> the first flavor that we have is Gruyere cheese. Okay. Um, Gruyere cheese is like a, it's like a mild Swiss cheese. So slightly stinky um, in a good way, if you're into that. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah. So like, obviously it's going to go to kind of balance that out. You can put it with the more like, uh, like I'm trying to think like we, we put it with ham on a croissant at the restaurant. Mm, yum. Um, and kind of like melt that. It's like a traditional French style thing that we do a little bit of a spin on. Um, so kind of like a sweeter meat or, um, sweeter, like it would be nice on a fruit plate or like, like a charcuterie board that you would eat with grapes or apples, things like that. Mm, that sounds good. I think I'm gonna be really hungry by the time we're like halfway <laughs> through this yeah. game. <laughs> okay. okay, go ahead. Oh, our next flavor summary: basil. Oh dear. <laughs> you can do so much with basil. Um, I actually just had basil as a garnish on like a spicy Thai coconut soup that I made at home. Mmm. Um, Yum. Really delicious. <laughs> And I have a ton out in my garden right now. So I'll just like put it on all of it. Um, and let's see, gosh, you can put basil in a mojito. You can, mm -hmm. it's really good with like a traditional caprese salad, like fresh mozzarella and tomatoes. It just like kind of brightens up anything. Very herby. And it's pesto mm. as well. Okay, how about lemon? I feel like this is like a pretty broad one too. Yeah. Right. Um, lemon is amazing. I feel like within the past couple of years, I just like will buy them by the five pound bag instead of buying just two at a time because like the balance to most dishes is like, you want like fat, salt, and an acid. And yes, juice. like the Netflix show. Exactly like the Netflix <laughs> show and the book. Um, right, yeah. But like you can put lemon in damn near everything to kind of like just magnify those flavors a bit. I started putting it in, putting lemon juice in my sausage gravy. Mm. Or just like lemon on breakfast sausage. It goes really well with that like sweeter, like sausagey flavor. And it's super lovely. Um, gosh, cake. It can go, you can do anything mm. with lemons. <laughs> like, yeah, I was gonna say the sausage. That's really interesting. It probably like yeah. cuts, cuts the fat a little bit or kind of yeah. like. For sure, yeah. does. Uh, my nice. my boss turned me onto that, and I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> dangerous!" That's a hot tip. Yeah, yeah. I like we that. Got hot food Try tips that one out. Here. Okay, this next one is like, we tried to get a little tricky. Uh, tahini. Okay, uh, it's a sesame paste. Yeah. Um, I put it in my hummus, and um, that's like a staple in making hummus um to add that nuttier quality to something i make i think my favorite thing that i do with tahini is to make a like maple 
lemon, um, garlic, so, like salad dressing for a kale salad. Mm. And it's like a bunch of tahini, lemon juice, maple syrup, salt, pepper, and like fresh, finely diced garlic. Mm-hmm. And it's super delicious that way. So you can make it into something more savory or sweeten it up. I've done tahini chocolate chip cookies before that are fantastic that would be good for somebody with a nut allergy because it tastes like the, the closest you'll ever come to a peanut butter cookie without eating peanut butter oh mm, that's that's really interesting i never thought about that but it does yeah. have like a peanut butter kind of consistency yeah to it. i don't like it by itself personally it just tastes it, it's the like <laughs> kind of bitter like not so good cool Okay. Yeah. How about salmon? Just in general? Yeah. Like, what would you pair with that? Um, you can, I feel like you can kind of do a lot with salmon. If we're going to cook salmon, like you could do something as simple as like grilled salmon with salmon with like lemon and capers or something, or you can like pan sear it and cook it with, I think people usually use white wine. We don't eat a lot of fish at home because my husband doesn't like fish. Um, go figure. <laughs> but, um, like I'll cook it and eat it on a salad. I really like smoked salmon. You can make dips with smoked salmon. And those are all really delicious. Nice. Aurelia just got some salmon and that's, <laughs> she wanted that's some fair. ideas. My dad went to Alaska to visit my brother and they oh. went fishing and caught Alaskan salmon and he's leaving me with some. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Okay. Our last flavor, and this is, I would say, pretty standard um, in the baking world. Um, but what is your favorite flavor combination with caramel? or caramel, if you prefer. <laughs> I say caramel, because I am the Yeah, caramel. Right. Not fancy. Um, obviously, salt is delicious with caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, at one of my former jobs, we made a fresh uh, ginger caramel. Yum. And we would make caramel in-house, and we grated a ton of like fresh ginger into it, and that was really fantastic. Ooh, that sounds really good. I don't know that I would have put that together, but again, oh my gosh, did you guys just, (laughs) okay. I don't know if you heard this, but my, my watch Siri just went off and, uh, here's what she searched for. Llama sounds. (laughs) That seems legit. Yeah. That seems really close to what we were talking about. Absolutely. Yep. Well, thanks for sharing those with us, Robin. I will definitely uh, use some of those tips the next time I cook with any of those ingredients. (laughs) Um, So just to kind of dive into our questions here a little bit, what did you want to be when you grew up? And then tell us about what you do now. Um, When I was a kid, I for sure wanted to be a vet. Um, It's Hmm. like half children do. And we do get um, that answer kind of a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I realized I'm absolutely terrible at math and science. And I went to college and ended up with a studio art degree because I I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I still don't. Um, And like, 
went to college because I was supposed to and have an art degree and started working in a restaurant and I was like okay well this pays bills and then ended up really liking it and learning a lot and just kept doing it nice so do you use your art degree in any capacity it's okay if you don't I don't I'm not currently Um, using my degree all that much (laughs) um, I think so I think that a lot of creating different foods like does have an artistic quality to it it's just with like a different medium right um like you want I'm not super big on plating but like Mm -hmm. kind of like mixing different flavors together is like still a very artistic expression that way and I ended up being really good at being able to like eyeball things and cut things into all the same size. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Things totally. like, that. like the precision that you have to have with like fine art. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a secret so, skill. Yes. Do you feel like, um, you know, I think often people assume you have to go to culinary school to kind of get into working in restaurants. Um, tell us about your experience with sort of going more of an untraditional route. Um, so I started work, I worked in my first kitchen in college and I guess I have a pretty decent work ethic and just kind of worked my way up pretty quickly into like different management positions. Um, and like asking a lot of questions and just working in different jobs because there's a lot, there's a big difference between being able to like read a recipe and make food that tastes good and functionally working in a kitchen. And like being like, it's a fairly high stress, fast paced environment typically. And like, not everyone's cut out for that. And you'll see a lot, I've seen a lot of kids that'll like right out of high school, go to culinary school and have never worked in a restaurant before. And then just like completely get their asses handed them, handed to them. <laughs> like, cause it's like, what are you, what are you doing? like move, (laughs) like get out. Like, I think that I don't, I personally don't think you need to go to culinary school. I think that if you work in the right places to make the kind of food that you want to be making, you can learn all that you need to, if you want to. Interesting. What are some of those maybe like entry level jobs that people should look for? If they're like, I want to, you know, be a kitchen manager someday, not going to go to culinary school, like, is serving helpful? Or should you be in like back of house stuff? Um, it depends on the person. Mm. I think that like, some back of house folks would also make good servers, but a lot of them hate people. Um, <laughs> Which like, would, you kind of you <laughs> make like people. Nice, yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> I think that like I would be one of those people that like I have the skill set and can multitask so I would also be a good server and I Mm -hmm. like people um but I think that jobs like I mean there's the classic story of like oh I was a dishwasher and I worked my way up like yeah I believe my my uncle did that when he was like a kid like worked washing dishes at a country club and then slowly is a chef and now teaches in a culinary school but um yeah runs Uh, in the family yeah. just him I don't know <laughs> um but yeah I think that I mean obviously dishwashers busters are like if that's what you really want to do it's it's those jobs that people most people I, I feel anymore don't want to do because they're menial tasks 
sure. people want to go flying in with like I'm a chef and I, I guess I don't I feel like I don't have as much respect for those people as I do that <laughs> like somebody that's willing to come in and wash dishes and cut carrots for four hours yeah yeah there's a lot of probably repetition yeah in kitchen work I would think yeah um what are maybe some other things that people you think people either don't understand or like don't get about the industry like what might surprise people to learn oh man um I feel like a lot of people do not pay unless they've worked in the service industry do not pay attention (laughs) to how actually hard the job is it's like oh you just go and you cook stuff all day (laughs) and like that's for sure not the case but it's like especially with the pandemic and like people are being so upset about not being able to go to a restaurant yeah have someone else make you food but it's like no and then people not wanting to go back to work because the jobs are hard it's like fairly physically demanding you're on your feet for eight to whatever hours a day moving quickly it's often hot Mm -hmm. and just like people have no idea (laughs) or like hurting yourself burning yourself I have tons of scars at my arms from (laughs) random things like oh no so probably yeah, that do kind you, of stuff. Do you still have uh, all of your fingerprints or are you missing a few? Um, <laughs> there are a couple that are newer than the rest. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. So how did you get your current job at Goldleaf? Um, let's see. I have known and been friends with the owners for for three years at this point and was at a job that I liked but was kind of struggling with um just based on communication styles with the owners who was also one of my friends I've worked for a lot of friends and it's not not always the best thing but it works out Mm -hmm. great sometimes um yeah so I've known them and they knew how I worked and they were looking to open a restaurant and needed a human (laughs) So we opened the restaurant with just the three of us. So, wow. What was yeah. that like, that process? It was really stressful. I got brought on. Um, so we opened June of last year. So like in the mm-hmm. middle of the pandemic. Um, yeah. And I got hired on to do like, I, I painted the walls. I adjusted the bathrooms. I had painted the bathrooms. I built all of the tables and chairs, like tons of build out stuff. Um, And we did that and then had to completely flip the concept we had planned Mm -hmm. because there's a global pandemic. And so we were, it actually worked out in our favor. If we had been already opened before, we would have been completely fucked. So um, we were able to kind of adjust things into like more of a lunch menu, no dinner and something Mm -hmm. that we could make successful and have, have done so, but having not a lot of help was definitely a challenge and, um, realized very quickly that we could not do it in that capacity without losing our minds. So, (laughs) um, speaking of kind of building a concept from the ground up, how do you work on like planning a menu for a restaurant? 
Um, I think with this round, um, like I obviously, my boss is the head chef and she had definite things in mind that she wanted to do or have um, very specific things. We worked a lot together on kind of revamping because I have a, um, a little bit more experience in like, how do I, like average dining? Like I'm not, I would never call like fast casual or something. Yeah. Like kind of like that. Um, but just like something approachable that people would eat. So we did a lot of back and forth of, of like, okay, we don't want a big menu. Um, but we want everything to be really solid and really good. And I think we've, we've done that really well. People will still come in and be like, what's the best thing. And it's like, it's all really good. Like there's only <laughs> six items you have to pick from. So like solid, all of them, no bad choices. Um, but just kind of thinking of, I mean, there are common things you see in lunch restaurants. And so like kind of taking some of those ideas, but putting our own spin on them and kind of making them our own, which I think is a lot of, a lot of menus at restaurants, honestly. So sort of starting with the classics and then just like tweaking them to fit yeah. like your concept. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We are very curious. Also, Everyone should go check out Goldie's menu. It's so good. I recommend the breakfast burrito. <laughs> That's probably our number one most popular item. What's it's in it? So great. Um, it's got pepper jack cheese, roasted potatoes, onions, eggs, and tomatoes. And then you can add sausage if you want. And it comes with a house-made tomatillo salsa on the side. The salsa mm. is so good. So good. <laughs> would, re would recommend. Um... <laughs> Robin, what do you really like about working in this industry? What are some of your favorite parts? Um, I, I really like not having to sit still all the time. I could never work a desk job. I think I'd lose my mind. <laughs> so um, I really like that part. There's definitely the creative aspect to it. Uh, I like getting to work with people, especially the kind of crossover that we have at Goldleaf where like, or at least from my perspective, like I know what somebody's going to order before they order it. Cause we can see them. And like, I already know their name, like, cause we call it a name, whatever. Um, <laughs> but just kind of meeting people that way mm -hmm. is really, really fun for me. Um, I think those are the big ones, like creativity and just constantly something kind of, there are different new things every day, even though it is fairly repetitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know and I actually came a couple of times, but you used to work at Best Chocolate in, in town. Yes. And uh, you were a chocolatier there, which I was. I'm really curious how you sort of went into that um, sort of special specialty. Um, I got that job because a friend of mine worked there and they were looking to bring on it. It was very even smaller than. And um, they were looking to bring on another full-time person. And I had general kitchen experience. And in that situation, um, not having any like pastry skills was very helpful because the owner wants it done a certain way. Doesn't matter what the book says. <laughs> like there are different nuances and things to chocolate that are very specific and having them not be like trained in it already was good. So I kind of 
randomly fell into that job and was there for seven and a half years. So what's, what's some differences between doing something sort of so precise like chocolate to, to more general cooking or menu planning, things like that? Oh gosh, um, huge differences. And we were definitely working in a production capacity there. So it was like, here, make 5,000 of these and they must all be good. <laughs> um, so it was definitely a lot more tedious and attention to detail. Um, more like the art degree thing definitely come, came in handy like at that job. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, because like, everything had to be really pretty. And mm -hmm. like, it was a different pace from kind of what I was used to from, <coughs> excuse me, for most of the time, because like, it's not like you have like a ticket running, right? That mm -hmm. like someone's waiting for their food, that product is already done, but they're like, especially during Christmas, like it was hugely fast paced and long hours. So it was similar in that respect. And it's like, how much can you turn out in, Eight, the eight, eight to 14 hours that you're there. Yeah, that's very yeah. different. Do you, do you still like chocolate? Or are you like, yeah. Okay. yeah, I feel like it could, you could go through that and be like, I'm sick of it or still really I, love it and appreciate it. I think like when you're around it every day with an unlimited supply, it kind of loses its allure a little bit. Sure. Yeah, but for sure still like chocolate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> are you a dark chocolate milk chocolate or white chocolate or do you believe that white chocolate is like blasphemy I don't think it's blasphemy it's technically <laughs> technically a confection mm -hmm. um but I I like dark chocolate probably more than the others yes Classic. I agree, I agree. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so uh I also wanted to ask you, I know you were a kitchen manager at a middle school for a while. Yeah. Which is really, yeah, 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 lunch lady. Um, how did you kind of get into that? And what were some things uh, that maybe you <laughs> liked better? Should everyone start, start in that kind of job? <laughs> yeah. No, no tough. The weirdest, the absolute weirdest time in my whole life, ever. <laughs> um, I had been working a job for... I had only been there for six months at my, the prior job before that and super fast paced, big restaurant, a breakfast restaurant here in Indianapolis and um, was really good at it, was making really good money, hated, hated it because um, everyone that I worked with was very mean to me. Um, oh. It was a, a high, very, um, I was the only person in the kitchen that did not speak Spanish. Oh, And okay. I was a female, which is apparently a fairly common thing for mm -hmm. some different like sexism to be involved in there as well um so I was like I'm out and happened to have a friend that um was the director of food service for a school district just outside Indy out in New Palestine Ooh. like Mars and yeah. <laughs> um and I was like do you need anybody like I just need something to pay me money like I have to get out of here it is very mm -hmm. toxic for me and she's like yeah so I was the lunch lady for a little bit and that's how that came to be and worked in, I was at a high school first and was the easiest job <laughs> I've ever had. Um, nice. Beyond that, I had to get up at like 4.30 in the morning to be there. 
Um, and it was like a half an hour drive outside town. Um, but just like you count stuff, it, it was so like, I can't explain how easy I felt that it was. Having come from such a fast paced, high pressure environment, I was just like, that's all, that's it, okay. And then she kept me on and paid me more money to then become the manager of a new junior high school that was opening. So you did like some menu planning for yeah. the junior high school, then you became in charge of that. Yeah. So I, I opened that kitchen. It was like an old kitchen that had been redone. So like got, had to order all of the small equipment. Um, she did the hiring cause that's her part of the job, but like getting all of that organized, figuring out what, uh, what kids were going to eat. And there are a lot of very strange, very weird requirements of school lunches um that just do not make like like pizza if you eat enough of it I think counts as a vegetable because there's tomato sauce on it yeah it's real <laughs> weird it is like bananas <laughs> like I don't I don't get it but it, like it hurt my heart I was just like what there's a lot of weird stuff with school because I used to work in a school and yeah. um we didn't have this, but my friend Morgan at the school that she taught at, they had some deal with their like cafeteria. So they couldn't bring in any outside food for anything. Um, like if she wanted to have a pizza party with her kids, she couldn't do that. Like what? any, yeah, she couldn't have, like the kids couldn't bring in cupcakes for birthday, like nothing. Everything had That's to go crazy. through the cafeteria. I know. Yeah. We, so we weren't like that, but just, there are a lot of weird, I feel like rules that maybe people don't know about what goes what goes down in the school cafeteria yeah it like I I learned a lot as far as like trying to meet different requirements and it's mm -hmm. like every other week they have to have a red vegetable every week they have to have an orange vegetable yeah. other other random shit like that you're just like they don't want to eat they don't want to eat red pepper slices <laughs> they do not <laughs> Did you feel like, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. <clears throat> I was just going to say, did you feel like you had to kind of use a little bit more creativity in that job to get Absolutely. kids interested in like the vegetables? Like what kind of things would you do to like help kids be more interested? Man, honestly, like not a whole lot. <laughs> like I would try it because like they're, they were, how old are you in seventh grade? I don't know, like 13, 12, 14, 13, yeah, yeah. something like that. 12, but just like, they don't want, I'm a, I'm a nerdy lunch lady. Like they do not want to talk to me, have anything to do with me, much less hear what I have to say about their diet. <laughs> so like, um, no, I, I would try and order the things that I knew they would eat or they often, mm -hmm. you just provide a lot of ranch. There you go. Oh yeah. I feel like In that's Indiana, the key. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the key. Um, people in Colorado are really into green chili. I feel like it's Colorado's version oh, of ranch. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not mad about that. Um, interesting. But yeah, no, they like in uh, the schools that I worked for were like contracted out through somebody else. So we worked for Aramark, like a big corporation. Uh, yeah. So we were not allowed to. We had to have a like food waste bucket and you have to weigh that and throw it away. You are not allowed to give away food, send food home. And there's, there's a lot of waste that you have mm -hmm. no control over. And that was pretty, that was very hard for me to deal with. 
where I would just be like, here, take this, don't tell anybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. And just like, does gold leaf do, does gold leaf do anything to like address food waste? Like do you guys, we, I don't, I don't know if you don't have a lot. I was going to say, you might just be such good planners that like, you yeah, don't have much waste. Yeah. No, we for sure don't have much waste. And if we do, we'll like, give it to friends at the bar next door mm-hmm. or whatever, like some of the leftover pastries at the end of the day. But we rarely yeah. have a lot of that. That's just something I don't, like, again, part of the industry that I don't think about. Like, I don't think about what happens with food or ingredients that don't get used. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, that- um, when I was in college at, at IU, there's one of the bagel places down there would always put, mm-hmm. they were like dumpster bagels but they'd put them yeah. in a bag next to the dumpsters so you could go get free bagels. Nice. And that was always nice. Doing. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So uh, as far as like, I think this kind of plays into the food waste stuff. Are there things that you do like when you're purchasing ingredients to ensure that you can reduce food waste or like things that play into what you're gonna put on the menu? Um, yeah, I think a lot of it is like, so I, I love a a spreadsheet for ordering and like, I have like a have need, have and need column for it. So it's like, okay, we have this many and we're going to order this many. So then you can kind of track that and forecast it over time. And that's really helpful as far as like not over ordering different things or not under ordering. Um, and then trying to not have such a diverse menu that you're buying one ingredient for one menu item, unless you're right. going to sell a ton of it. Um, okay. That kind of thing I try to be aware of a lot. I think those are the big ones. Right. Yeah. Do you guys have, maybe it's too soon, but any like big food plans as we move into fall? Yeah. Changing flavors? I don't know. <laughs> Pumpkin? <laughs> <laughs> we do have, we'll do some like fall drink stuff. Mm-hmm. I think last year we did like a butterscotch, like a spiced butterscotch latte that was really popular. Mm. I don't think we did oh, a pumpkin thing. I don't remember. Lots of That's okay. Plenty, <laughs> I would say plenty of other places have got that covered. You guys yeah. <laughs> oh, we did a s'more mocha. We had like toasted marshmallow Ooh. syrup and chocolate. Yum. Sounds and good. Really good. Yeah. So we've got some fall drinks coming up and we'll switch around the menu a little bit. Um, we'll probably, we have a pesto focaccia sandwich that has house-made pesto and mozzarella and tomato slices on it. And we tend to pull it when the tomatoes start not being mm. in season because then they're just not good at all. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like our big summer seasonal one where the tomatoes are beautiful right now. I love oh, tomatoes. That sounds so good. <laughs> that sounds so good. <laughs> I know we are, we, we should have known going into, the, going into this chat <laughs> that like we would be hungry afterwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> Robin, do you have any like words of wisdom, advice for people who want to do what you do? Oh man. Um, definitely go get a job in some sort of kitchen or food service industry job anywhere and just try it because you're either going to hate it or you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Working on like 
I don't know how you practice multitasking, but like, <laughs> that's a huge one. Where yeah. like, if you can't do four things at once, like maybe not, um, <laughs> but <laughs> things like that. And just like practice at home, look at, look at stuff on the internet. I use Pinterest pretty much solely for res like recipes and I'll just yeah. like get lost in the ether of looking at pictures of food and <laughs> like find something that's like, oh, that looks so good and try it. And if it doesn't come out, think like figure out what you did wrong, maybe and try it again another time. Like, I think it's like, that's the best way to kind of like practice and practice cutting things and different knife skill things. And just like getting comfortable with how different ingredients play together. And beyond that, just like doing it, go get the job, do that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's good, yeah, advice. That's good advice. I look at pictures of food on the internet a lot too. And I do not yes. work in the food service industry. <laughs> it's just pretty and delicious. I know. <laughs> so before we go, if anybody is interested in going to gold leaf um, and trying some of the delicious drinks, Mm -hmm. uh, sandwiches or pastries, uh, where can they go to learn more about the restaurant? Um, I think we're real big on Instagram at Goldleaf Indie, and that is also the website. And I think those are the two big ones. I think we're on Facebook as well. And we have a phone number you can call ahead, place carryout orders, chat if you really want to, but probably not that. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I think Instagram's a really good one and um, they're really good about communicating through direct message and things like that on there as well. Nice. Awesome. And you guys are on 46th street, right? Yes. 46th and Norwaldos. We're between Keystone mm -hmm. and college. Yes. I always forget if it's 46th or 49th and then figure it out when I am driving there. Um, <laughs> just go by Braille. Not uh -huh. anymore because I don't live there, but uh -uh. yes, everyone go visit. Uh, Robin, thank you so much. This was really lovely. Yeah, yeah thank you thanks, so much. Robin. And when Katie and I are back in town, we'll definitely be stopping mm -hmm. by for sure. For sure. I'll look forward to it. Okay. Have a good one. Thanks, Robin. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Girls Just Wanna. If you've made it this far, we consider you a close and personal friend. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Interested in being a guest? Send us an email at girlsjustwannapod at gmail.com. We love, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.